Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, your go-to podcast smoothie for AFL and Supercoach news blended together. Welcome to Round 5 Community, a round where we find out whether Woosher is trying to kill Darcy Parrish's midfield career like Neil Druckmann killed the Last of Us franchise. Tonight you're on with Chizo and I'm with Pistol. How are you this evening, mate? That was, I'm kind of blown away by the intro. I didn't expect any of that, um, but I find myself a little bit thirsty now, so uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, good, good. Um, lots to talk about, mate. There's lots of things that are happening. First and foremost, another appearance, another few signatures, raving fans for you. You've ticked off, what is it, Channel 7. Now you've ticked off Fox Sports. Where are we going to see you next, mate? Are we going to see you casting your own show? <laughs> uh, look, baby steps, Chizo. Let's let's not count any chickens. I'm just uh, fortunate enough to uh, pop up in these couple of opportunities, and they've uh, been lots of fun. So, the, yeah. the, the funniest thing is, is when I talk to JB and I can hear that, you know, I can see that blood vessel just like pulsating right next to his eye. He's like, no, I'm so happy for Pistol that he gets all these appearances. Like, just, I can sense the tension. But no, all behind you, mate. Absolutely love it. Great to see your face on there. And uh, uh, I, th- I think you really went out on a limb with the Sam Doherty and the Max Gorn sort of, uh, you know, suggestions there. Just a bit of left field, just swinging some, some interesting topics in there. How did you land up on those? <laughs> Look, it's just about getting people back into the groove of Supercoach, you know, getting them excited. <laughs> the season's still running. Hopefully some people are watching and thinking, you know what, maybe I'll give Supercoach a go. So probably probably not a, the minute that a hardcore super fan will want, but um, it's definitely I'll, – I'll throw in some – Useful tidbits for everyone of all skill, skill levels. I'll make that my aim from now on, Chizo. All right. Love it, mate. Thanks uh, for that. Uh, new month means new prizes, Pistol. The prize league for Dr. Supercoach we have going on in the Patreon. We've got a mug going to the winner of the most points scored during the month of June and also a lucky draw prize. Why don't you take us through the top three scorers for the month of June? And Chizo, you probably should mention uh, you'll be able to catch... Me on Wednesday at 8.15 a.m. roughly on Fox Sports News. Um, Verified? Is that a thing? What do you mean, is that a thing? I thought we were sharing it around. <laughs> no, it's me. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> nah, good. Yeah, I did forget about that. I just kind of pushed that off to the corner. No, I can, I can see that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, the question goes back to the patron group, the prize group. Um, firstly, a big thank you to Tristan Walker for... Tristan Walker said his name right? <laughs> on the podcast. Tristan Webster. <laughs> I'm not editing that out either. I'm looking at uh, Easy Walker. Thank you for your donation. Um, <laughs> Cancer Council, but that's not what. That's not the person we're trying to talk about. Tristan <laughs> this Webster. Is off the rails. We're two minutes. This this is why they kept it at one minute on on Fox Sports because two minutes in, you just go off the off the Richter. Prize leg, come on. Tristan Webster, thank you very much for putting together the um, prize group rankings uh, from the month of June. So we are excited to, I guess we'll go to the top three. Third place was Up and Goey with 6,519 points. Second was actually um, Dr. Supercoach Philly Hawks, which is coached by Tristan Webster himself at 6,530 points. And the winner of the prized league, he's absolutely killed it in the month of June, and that's I Bet My Wilkie. Um, Coach Andy, he has scored 6,609 points over the last three weeks, which is uh, an average of 2,203, which is fantastic. It's only fitting that at halftime in the Carlton and St Kilda game on the Thursday, Wilkie 
is on 71. It's only fitting that after Andy takes away the chocolates, well, he doesn't, you don't get any chocolates, Andy, I'm lying about that. You get a, you get a coffee mug. You can drink co- hot chocolate from it if you like. But Wilkie, leading all comers. Very, very interesting. And uh, I've got the lucky draw here, Pistol, as well. And that goes to Blackie27. You're going to get a, a beer cooler coming your way, so make sure to both of you hit us up um, in the DMs and we'll sort those out for you. Um, and the last thing, last bit of housekeeping we do want to get to Pistol before uh, we get into the Supercoach news is we do want to verify that Benny Buzzboy's donation has been verified. It wasn't a Photoshop. We were worried a little bit there, and he, he copped a bit of uh, abuse in Slack for, for trying to be a donation dodger, but we can verify that's gone through. So thanks for that donation there, Benny. Uh, we'll get into the teams now, Pistol. Obviously, um, Carlton and St Kilda have already got underway, um, so we might as well jump into the big game between you and, you and me on Friday, Collingwood and Essendon. Wow, I actually didn't even put two and two together until you've just said it right now. That is a big game. Numbers man didn't put two and two together. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. That's very out of character. <laughs> For Collingwood, we have some big outs and some even bigger ins. On the outs, though, we have Jeremy Howe, John Noble, and Steel Sidebottom. Um, Howe and Noble are hugely super coach relevant, so that's big news. And incoming is Varco, Scharenberg, and Trelaw. On the Don side, we have out goes Francis Bell Chambers and Zach Merritt, and in comes Andrew Phillips for his Don's debut, um, Laverde and Mitch Hibbard, which is great super coach rookie news. Um, we've needed some of that. He's a 114k midfielder. Chizo, I've got to ask you straight up about Mitch Hibbard. Zach Merritt's only got the one week suspension. Do you think that Mitch Hibbard can find a, a, just a role in the Essendon side longer term? Look, it's it's very interesting in it because um, we've been waiting for him to get that break um, in the side. I'm tempted to think that it may just be a one weeker unless he has a really really good um, a really good game against Collingwood, and that's for a couple of reasons. We've got so many guys that. Uh, they're trying to give time through to the midfield. Like um, I, I was listening to the way that Wusher was describing it during the week, in for for trying to describe why Darcy Parrish is is not getting much midfield time, and he's basically saying that when you've got um, the likes of Andy McGrath, Shiel, Zerrett going through there, and then they've got Kyle Langford who did a tagging job um, and, and and a run with role with Cripps last week. If he's going to have that in the future, that's going to take a rotation out of there. Um, and you, you, you're thinking about the guys like Parrish, May, Devin Smith's not getting any midfield time for that specific reason. So what kind of role is Mitch Hibbard going to play in the Essendon side? Well, they recruited him to be an inside midfielder. So if he's not going to be getting much midfield time with a full allotment of midfielders, and, and don't forget that Heppel is not far away as well, it is concerning to me that he may not be a mainstay in that side. And for that reason, I'm definitely not going to be um, going early on him this week. I want to see he's going to be named before his second game, before the price rise. Um, yes, there's only one game that you get to have a look at, but I think it's definitely worth it with Mitch Hibbard because there, there's every potential that when Zarek comes back, he... he uh, leaves the side, and that, that's something that I'm concerned about. Yeah, I think that's good advice, Chizo. I did think that Heppel was out for much longer, but either way, I think looking at the Essen side, there are some maybe weaker players. We've got Bra- Braden Ham as well, you know, Will Snelling, even Laverde that's come in. I, I think it is possible if he would just outplays all of them, then they will be on the chopping block ahead of him, although he yeah. might be thrown around as like a I guess he played as a half-forward-ish type role during the preseason, so maybe they use him in that sort of role 
um, moving forward. I think there's just a lot of unknowns about Hibbard, so um, not someone I jump on one game. I do want to quickly touch on the noble omission and maybe what that means for Collingwood's backline as well as Jeremy Howe's injury, maybe what that means for the Collingwood backline. Chief, so I noticed most people are looking at um, Braden Maynard as the yeah. big, I guess, like for like how in. I think that move, I mean, it's fine. Obviously, Maynard's scoring well. Uh, for me, it's just too much unknown. Collingwood's going to do something. We've lost how They're going to shift the puzzle pieces around. Looking at how they brought in Scharenberg, um, I'm, I think it will be... Um, on a week-by-week basis, which player is going to end up playing more as that loose man how role? I think it will be Darcy Moore this week because Don's forward line only really consists of one tall um, in McKernan. So given that, you only really need Roughhead to mark him and then you've got Moore that can basically run around taking some intercept marking. So um, yeah, I, it's just a little bit too risky for me. And Maidan's not cheap enough where I feel like you're getting someone that's super good value that's worth the risk. I think if I want to go for somebody that's a bit riskier and actually bank money, I may as well be taking somebody like Jordan Ridley because he's capable of scoring you know, as high as Maynard. I mean, Ridley scored above 130 last week. So he's definitely got a role where Don's players are getting the ball into his hand. They're using him for the switches. He's, he's playing very similar to how Doherty plays for the Blues. Um, and he's at a much cheaper price than Maynard. How would you see them as a direct comparison, Chizo? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think one thing that you and I have both mentioned on previous podcasts is both the Essendon and Collingwood side this year doing very much that chip-chip gameplay. And so I think Maynard's profiteering from that as opposed to actually having a, an increase in his genuine output. I think I think it's a game style that's certainly helping him. Um, with the loss of Jeremy Howe, which he allowed... Um, he, he was kind of like the, the, the key component to that back line that made it more flexible with him not being able to you know leave his man and intercept. Um, it's going to be, uh, I think, that they might be playing a little bit more close checking um, across the board, uh, seeing as they don't have that huge intercept uh, marker down there. So uh, I think that may Im- uh, impact the Collingwood chip-chip game around the back line a little bit more because they won't be- have that same confidence in being able to you know, let Jeremy Howe leave his man and come up and, and intercept and things like that. So um, it- it's just one of those things where I think the game plan is... Uh, benefiting him more than what his actual, you know, he's exploded in output and he's just like, uh, I've watched a couple games and he's doing fine, but I'm not saying, I'm not watching him and going, wow, he is 20% better than what he was last year, which is what he's producing right now. Yeah, no, I I think that's about right. It was good to see Tyler Brown hold his spot in the Collingwood side. I was worried that he was going to get dropped, but with that side bottom omission, um, that may have helped him retain his position in the side. So, Shizo, anything else to touch on, or do you want to take us through the next game? No, that's that's pretty much it. Um, do you see Noble coming back anytime soon? I noticed that the ends being Sharon Bernavarco, um you know, it, it's going to be difficult for him to force those kind of players out if they're if they're playing anything up to what their usual par is. Yeah, Sharonberg gives us that little bit more height in the back line that we've lost, I guess, how plays taller than he is, obviously. He's unbelievable in the air. Um, so Noble being a little bit smaller, um, I think, is going to be kind of, let's say, a like-for-like like in, in terms of Varko and his positioning in the ground. So I don't think he's going to come back unless Varko just can't work his way into 
2020 side. Um, and I think Farco will get given opportunities to remain kind of like Cox, how I thought he would come back in and have a couple of opportunities, no matter how badly he may have performed in previous games. So um, these guys get a couple of games to try and find their feet. And if they do, they remain in the side. And if they don't, then they fall off. So um, for me, uh, I would be just getting, I guess it depends on everyone's side, but Noble for me, I, I don't think is going to come in um, immediately. Um, Chizo, just very quickly, because it's just more of a comment, um, Bell Chambers being managed to bring in Phillips. Um, that's interesting for Brody Grundy owners and potential uh, vice captaincies. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's just going to absolutely smash it. I, I, I think he's the obvious VC choice, which we'll, we'll cover a little bit later in the show, but it could be could be a 250. I, I, I think I, I honestly think it could be. I think it's the double, but it could be a big double. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hold, hold on to your pants. Let's get on to the next game. <laughs> Moving on to the next game, we've got the West Coast Eagles and the Sydney Swans. Another game that has been moved around a little bit in terms of Super Coach relevant outs. We've obviously got Jared Brander listed as injured. Now, I had fully expected him to be omitted, so whether they're throwing injury in there as a little bit of a um, reason to cover him being omitted uh, is is something that I'd be be looking at because he's not even... um, It's not that he's been performing poorly. He's been kind of performing exactly what I would have expected for someone um, in his development. Um, But, you know, in a team like West Coast Eagles, you're always going to have these senior bodies potentially pushing you off that wing. I thought he's been okay, Chizo. Uh, they say it's a hip injury, but they haven't given any sort of time frame. Um, so we'll have to wait and see on that one. Obviously, Probably a bit sore. Yeah, look, if it's a long-term injury, you've got to trade. But his break-even is still only 16, so he's going to make money. So yeah. I, And with that dual position flexibility, is super handy. So... He's not at the top of my list to trade out. I'm hoping he can work his way back in the side. Um, I think more on the ins, I'm more disappointed seeing Oscar Allen um, come in above Bailey J. Williams, who I thought would finally get a crack, and he's been sitting as my D8. And I'm just kind of waiting, because I I know he's going to get a chance at some point. I just hope it comes before the end of the season. He, he, he was the toast of the preseason. We were so happy we were going to have our first defensive Ruckman loophole potential plus make a bit of cash, and then it's just been into a letdown. I traded him out after like round one or round two because I was just just so sick of it. <laughs> He's been a good loopholing player to have in the back line because West Coast have been playing late every round, and finally when mm. they play early this week, Loophole Williamson is playing in the first game of the round. So um, he's he's been really handy. Yeah, it is definitely. Um, I, I guess on the, the Sydney side of things, uh, you've got Naismith going out, uh, Callum Sinclair also uh, going out uh, for those that have... Uh, I, I did see a number of those um, Callum Sinclair and Naismith trades this week. Um, it's interesting that they've chosen to go with Oscar Allen on the West Coast side of things, considering that the ruckman for the Swans this week is listed as Hayden McLean. <laughs> yeah, their their ruck does, supply does is Nick a Nat, short. Does Nick Nat actually need any help this week? Is what I'm what I'm saying here. Surely he could he could play one quarter, have a quarter break, play another quarter, have another quarter break, and probably still put up 150 supercoach. Yeah, I mean, look, if they want to put up Hayden McLean in the ruck, um, I guess Alir Alir will do what he did last year and take the backup ruck. You know, nah, this Tom is... Papley's going in third man up, I can tell. <laughs> you know, I laughed, but honestly, 
they might do the old, uh, we'll play four midfielders and just try and shark, shark it. Yeah. You know, Nick Nat and go for that strategy. Although I feel like trying to shark Nat Nui, he'd be able to punch that ball into their forward 50. Like, um, I, at some point in the game, I'm sure they're going to play four midfielders and just go for it. Because what are they meant to do? They've got, got no Ruckman, the poor swans. That's <laughs> <laughs> a bit a bit tough on them. Um, Chad Warner listed as an emergency. He's been going well uh, behind the scenes. So hopefully we get to see uh, him potentially get a debut in the coming weeks. Um, just the last one we'll touch on with the Eagles. Is this a, a, you know, a, a good week just before the hub begins to, to try and get an early start on Andrew Gaff? Yeah, I'm watching him because I want him to be tagged <laughs> this week so that he can lose a little bit of money so that I can bring him in um, before the WA hub. I think that's going to be a pretty popular strategy. We'll just hope that Hewitt goes to Gaff, locks him down, keeps him to a score. Um, in the last couple of years, he hasn't managed to go above 100 against the Swans, so he hates playing them. A little bit of a poor score now, a nice price drop. Um, you know, right before that WA hub where he averages 110 at the Perth Oval. So that, to me, just lines up perfectly. Yeah, agreed. We'll move on to the next one, Cats and the Suns. Nothing majorly super coach relevant other than Tom Stewart, which we already covered in the Monday podcast. Um, I guess it's just good to see Connor Buderick just just ticking away he's not scoring you know big 70s and 80s but he's just generating that cash for us which is what we like to see and i'm hoping that's something we get to see again in this game because there's probably going to be a a few balls down into the defensive line for the suns yeah that's a big call they're flying at the moment cheeso honestly i I wouldn't be surprised if it's at alphabet stadium though at alphabet stadium Geelong might just start to to hit their straps we know that danger's been playing in the midfield more than he has in the last couple seasons he's just not been getting his hands on it so i I reckon last week was the cobwebs being being blown out and he's ready to go well he used it much better last week i think that's been the biggest issue is that like a career low disposal efficiency before last week so this week 559k danger field um I think he's going to be a good value pick. The midfielders this year are all over the place. I'm picking somebody who I know is proven scorer that happens to be cheap. I guess it's a mix between... I guess we can talk about it now. But yeah. directly between him and Bontempelli, I think that's a big toss-up. Um, Bontempelli only you know 10k more expensive. Bontempelli being tagged three times in the first three weeks. Um I know you've probably uh, you've, you've spoken about this on the Monday podcast, but if I'm going to throw my, I guess hat in throw the, your hat in the ring, hat yeah, in the ring it. as well, I probably would slightly favour um, Bontempelli. But the I guess unknown with the fixtures um, is a, is pretty concerning. I think depending on what hub Bulldogs go into, that could change everything. I at least know that Geelong are going to the the Perth hub. Um, obviously, Collingwood's not an amazing matchup for for Dangerfield, but um, if they go there, we've kind of got a schedule of, of fixtures where we know that they'll be playing games. I'm worried for any team in a hub that's yet to be defined just because what, what happens if there's a bye? What happens if you know, they've got to play random teams? I, I, I don't know enough. Um, I, I think very much so this week is going to be heavily defined by any fixture news being released before the Friday you know, deadline. Yeah, and it's something that we've we've been saying that you've just got to try and you know keep agile and and, and trying to adapt to it. I guess another one that's definitely and has always crept under the radar that we've mentioned a few times is Mitch Duncan um, as uh, maybe one of those you know midfielders in that price range that you may be looking at between a danger and a, a, a bond as well. 
Yeah, look, he's expensive. He's scoring well. I think he'll continually score quite well. So I think he's a, he's a solid pick. I think I just want to touch on someone who's a bit under the radar. Um, Brandon Parfit is, you know... Brandon who? Parfit. He's uh, it, it, going under the radar, I think the word was. I don't think they have radar underground. They, they might be evading sonar. Um, Brandon Parfit, you, you're suggesting might be a trade-in. He has had two very good scores now. He has a friendly role on the wing. Um, I don't really see him being pushed out of that role anytime soon because he's, he's playing well. He's only you know 440k-ish, so he's cheaper than some other players. And... You know, he he's besides it being him being a little bit injury prone, who isn't that I'm trading into my side, you know. <laughs> From the cats as well. Everyone he's... I'm trading is injury prone. So why not <laughs> why not throw him into the mix as well as a, a little bit underpriced and out, outside the box forward option. Yeah, all right. And Matty Rao might just tell Danger to sit down as he takes over charge of this game. <laughs> it's going to be tags, Cheeso. <laughs> They've already uh... said they're going to put work into him. So that's interesting. Who are they going to send to him? Quinton Narkel? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I would love to see him go head-to-head with, like, Gary Ablett. I think that would be so cool to see, like, the old guy. And guy's, Gary's 350. How, how disrespectful would that be? Oh, I hope be you so does cool. it. so cool. No, they'll throw Guthrie to him, surely, um, if, they, if they're going to play a run with role that they said they would. <laughs> I imagine that would be... But I'd love to see a head-to-head round Ablett. That would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be absolutely awesome. We'll jump into the next one. The Doggies and the Roos. A couple changes here. We finally get Ben Cunnington back. Um, and on the dog side, we've lost Lewis Butler, who a few people brought in as a rookie option um, in our forward line. But I guess the, the one thing that the one takeaway is that when we're getting on these rookies, it's got to be job security before scoring potential. Uh, Butler, he. He used the ball at 21% disposal efficiency. I think that says a lot. Um, he got a lot of the ball, but when you use it that badly, your place on the side is going to be questionable. Um, I think just looking at the sides, my biggest takeaway from this match will be, I guess, two things. One, we get to see how Simpkin can perform with Ben Cunnington because the sample size that we've had of you know one match or whatever is not great for being able yeah. to judge, um, particularly when Cunnington got... you know slammed by DeBoer in round two. It's just been really hard to see, and it's made me a bit hesitant to see how Simkin will perform with Cunnington in the side, so I'm looking forward to watching this one closely so I can judge it better. And two, I'd like to see now Norton's injured. Obviously, um, Shaki's been put in the side, but I do want to see if he maybe has a dip in form, who they you know throw forward, and if Bontempelli is going to be as secure in that midfield as everyone expects him to because we we know uh, Bevo loves to throw around the magnets so I'm a little bit nervous when his preferred number one forward option goes down with injury yeah and they, they've listed Jack McRae on a wing we bloody well know that that's not going to happen he's going to be rebounding off half back again because that's just what <laughs> Bevo does just like really good going go on the back line mate stay there that's exactly what uh, I guess on the um, the Ruse side of things really good to see is that um, Tristan Cherry and Jack Mahoney get their, their second games in so um, if you were lucky enough to be taking Cherry at R3 like I was he's actually going to suddenly make you a few dollar redos in there and uh, I, I don't mind the job security of Jack Mahoney he's probably the only rookie I'm toying with bringing in this week uh, his dual um, eligibility of mid and 
forward also makes him a little bit interesting as well, Pistol. Yeah, I actually like him as well. 50 points first up, he's he's going to be a little bit of a slow burn. I, I don't really see many big scores for him on the horizon. But look, a playing rookie that seems to have decent-ish job security, I mean, he'll probably hold his spot until Jay-Z comes back from injury. Um, yeah, I, I think if there's, I guess, someone that needs two rookies this week, he's probably in my... Top three choices at least, and, and <laughs> my top two forward choices, and my top two midfield choices. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. You, you, you're really rounding it down. I like it, mate. Uh, jumping into the next one, you've got Brisbane and Port Adelaide. This is, a, a, I think, this is going to be a cracker. I'm looking forward to this game. Not so much from a super coach perspective. Uh, no major changes. It's every Brisbane game is like fully just the Lockie Neal show. It's like. How, how many points is he going to score this week? Is this the week that he can crack 200? Um, you know, he's had decent scores against Port Adelaide in the past, but they're so much better this year. I mean, he scored 177 against them last year. Um, I don't think... I mean, I don't. he kicked zero goals six last week. So when I'm saying I don't think he's going to go well, imagine if he kicks six goals straight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a different ball game. Um, Chizo, Lockie Neal is expensive. We've spoken yep. about this every week, but I think we have to ask ourselves a question every week. Is this the week that he is now too expensive to bring into your side? Look, he is for me. I think on the Monday podcast I said if you were trading Fife um, due to injury and you had a little bit of spare cash and you were thinking of who to go to, I think he would be the obvious one for me. This may be the only opportunity you have for quite some time where you just happen to be trade. If you're not getting rid of a premium this week due to injury, you actually can't get him. Then There's no one sitting with 600K in the bank that's able just to go up from a rookie right now because we just haven't had enough cash appreciation from these guys to get him. So if you wanted Lockie Neal and you have the opportunity to get him this week, I think this is the last chance before you just have to recognize that you've missed the boat. But for me personally, with not an injury like that, I've, he's just not even on my horizon right now. His his price is just way and above anything that I can afford in this season. I actually don't like the thoughts of bringing in Lockie Neal this week. I, I can't justify him being 200k more than Bontempelli yep. or Dangerfield. Um, yep. I'd rather bank the 200k and use it to upgrade another primo on my field you know, next week, like much faster and get two primos instead of getting um, Lockie Neal and you know, nothing in the bank. I said last week that it was the last time to get Lockie Neal before you get priced out. And I think now you just cop it and hope that he has one off game and you can get him a little bit cheaper because all it takes now is one average game, just average game, not even a bad game for him to just drop a lot in price. So when you've got players like Dangerfield and Bonzapelli that are actually relatively cheap compared to their usual prices, um, I think I would be, you know, using the, that value and building a better 22 rather than just getting, you know, spending all my money on Lockie Neal. Yeah, okay. Really, really like it. That pretty much um, covers all the Supercoach relevance from this game. Um, just because uh, there, there's been no relevant changes, so we'll jump into the next one. It's the Crows and Fremantle. Obviously, Fife is out. Disappointingly, Sam Sturt has been named after coming down from a month-plus ankle injury. 
Um, we saw during the week he was running around unhampered, so I don't know what happened there. Um, I, I, are we sure? Are we completely sure that Fremantle didn't pick up GWS's medicos from last season? <laughs> it's actually amazing feat to see him listed as three to five weeks and then come back after one week. Did you I, say that was an amazing feat? Because that's a great pistols uh, pun. It was an accidental one as well. Yeah, <laughs> good, good spot. Um, just the amount of people that traded him out because they're like, well. You know, if he's missing five weeks of a shortened season, I may as well trade him out for him to come back after one round. That yeah. is so unlucky. Um, there's nothing you can really do to <laughs> have avoided that. I think there's a lot of Supercoach relevance, though, in this game, Chizo. Both benches are full of Supercoach rookies. Um, I'm going to take you through the Adelaide Crows bench first, and I want you to name four of them that you think are going to get a game. I love playing this game with Chizo, with, with JB usually, because I put him on the spot. Um, yep. And he panics. So I'm, I'm hoping that you do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. The, the bench includes Matt Crouch. He'll play. He'll Wait until all of them be named. All right, sorry, sorry. Read, it, read out the question before I give you your answer. We've yep. got Crouch of the Matt Variety, Polky, Hardigan, Hamill, Himmelberg, McCasey, McPherson, which is uh, a new player, and Ben Davis. Pick four of them to play. Okay. I'm going to pick Matt Crouch. I'm going to pick Kyle Hardigan. I'm going to pick McCasey. And I'm going to pick Paholke only because he added me on Facebook. Uh, he added me on Facebook that time I thought that he'd get a game round one like two years ago. And he was like, bro, I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pick him this week just to get him back. Look, fuck, I think you've picked a lot of Hardigan and McCasey. Um, it's, it's quite tall, uh, I, I guess. I mean, they've Fremantle got Rory Lobb, they've got Jesse Hogan, they've got Tabernard. Yeah, you're right. They do have a lot of talls. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what... I think they need but the yeah, speed right. of Hamill, even though he hasn't lit the world on fire. And, and Davis as well, I think, adds something to the side. Um, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's not hard this when is they're going as bad as they are. <laughs> it, it's hard to pick. Um, but it, well, I will say it's nice to see... McHenry named. Uh, oh, he's in the safe. He's pocket. not losing his. He, he's not losing his side. His place in this side. The way he's playing, he's scoring twenties, and he's looking like the third best player there. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a bit of a sad state of affairs right now um, for Adelaide. I will say though, Shane McAdam is named at full forward, 123k yep. forward option. His job. It's also how heavy he was looking... when they got him to the club. <laughs> oh, ouch. Um, he's. Got decent job security. How do you see him as a super coach, Rocky Chizu? Nah, he he just doesn't have the the game to facilitate scoring. He, he's a, a low possession, uh, kind of high impact player uh, in in short bursts. So I, I don't see him being a consistent scorer over the, the the long term. And we've seen already this year that he's just not been killing it. You mean he's a player who has to kick goals to score in a side that can't kick goals? Pretty much, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Makes it a little bit difficult for Supercoach. Um, on the Fremantle side, their bench is also super interesting. I'm going to read it Stacked. out. Same thing. They've got Connor Blakely, Matera, Sarong, Young, Banfield, Duman, Schultz, and Sturt. Pick four. Yeah. Okay, it's I hard. Think that is hard. Blakely plays, Matera plays, Sarong plays, and Young plays. Oh, okay. I, I think that, that I think the that Ban- Banfield, Duman. Uh, Schultz and I think Sturt is not going to play. Just, just. I, I, so. I think I, th- I think he's just out. 
So you think? So I think the same as you, um, except I probably have dirt over Matera. Okay. I think is my so it's basically the same, but um, yeah, I mean, technically Schultz could play over both of them as well. You know. Yeah, there, there's players. three vying for the exact same spot. Yeah, they, they've kind of been talking about Blakely this whole week. I'd be surprised if they then just didn't bring him in. Mm. Um, that would be a little bit disappointing, but I guess they've left him out before. Um, a couple of questions for you for this Fremantle side. Shoot. Is it too late to get Hayden Young? He just popped out a big ton. It's just over 200k. Have people missed the boat on him? I think yes. I. It's just my personal opinion that you would be spending a little too much to get him in at this stage and you know, he he looked absolutely awesome last week but i just think it would be a little bit too much at 224,000 because i he, he's put up 110 last week 109 last week and he's still only got a seasonal average of 64 so yeah, he's had two we, scores in the 40s that's right. I, I think that's that's offsetting me more than you know. It's very easy to go. He's got such great scoring potential. Let's get him in, which he does. But you've got to look at the the, the totality of it. And I think that paying two hundred plus k for someone that's already put up, you know, more scores below fifty than he has above a hundred, um, just is too off putting for me at that price. So is there any reason that people should select him over Stephen Hill when they're almost the same price? In my eyes, no. Not really. Okay, so that's crystal clear uh, to me. And Caleb Sarong, he... I guess we should talk about the rookie auctions this week because I would say the number one and two rookie auctions are quite clearly Stephen Hill and Caleb Sarong. And then you've got Mahoney down at number three as my, I guess, big three rookie options to potentially bring in. Hill versus Sarong has been debated all week i've seen it on twitter um i've seen it in our slack i've you know and i don't think the answer is so clear cut it's also different in our uh, slack chat and in our and you know, on twitter in the what the majority thinks so i want to get your opinion i'm not going to tell you which way anyone was leaning because i know because i don't actually know <laughs> i know that <laughs> I, so, I know that i know that i've been added about seven million times to ask the same question so Which one pro- would you get between Hill and Sarong? People have injuries. They can generally only get one of the two of them. Who mm. are you getting? I'm getting Stephen Hill. I am discounting his injury history and the potential for him to be managed this season, which he will be. He is absolutely not going to play every game this year. But the thing is, that's not what we need him to do. He's got the, you know, if he is fit, he's playing. There's no question about that. And he's got the experience to help him, you know, score relatively well. So um, at a very similar price, I'm picking job security and known quantity over the flashiness of having this brand new young player, you know, the new toy that everyone wants to buy. So I, I'm I'm definitely going with the known commodities as like my catchphrase in the last two weeks. So I'm going for Hill for slightly different reasons. Um, obviously, what you're saying, I totally sign signatures right there with you. But mm-hmm. Sarong, I think, is at risk of being forced into like a pressure forward role. I don't think he's 
set to 100% play midfield. I know he moved into the midfield after Fife went down last week, but that was because Fife went down mid-game. They didn't have other options to bring in. They didn't have, if they do bring in Blakely, they didn't have those options to be able to you know, rearrange the board um, because they were playing a man down. And I know Sarong took advantage of that and got you know 10 touches once, once Fife went off the field and scored really well. I just don't know for sure that that's the role that he's going to play in games two and games three and so on and so forth. Add into the fact we don't really know what's happening with the fixture. If there is any sort of break or buy and Fife maybe only misses one round of football, then you've bought Sarong, you've brought him in for this week, and then you know, maybe there's a buy and Fife's back, and now you're like, uh-oh, what do I do with Sarong? Um, you haven't really got any money out of him. Um, you know, he might peak too early um, mm. and only make you know 50 60k which isn't really what we want when he already cost 170k I'd like Hill even though it's a little bit more knowing that it's not really dependent on anyone else in the side he's just going to score well enough well enough to be on your field and you not be super sad about it and well enough to make you at least 100k and he's got the dual position um, which is really handy so even if he gets injured you can kind of throw him around the field to try and you know hide him somewhere your team. yeah exactly yeah. so i've just noticed yeah. one more thing just to cut uh, to, to to step on top of you sean darcy has been brought in this week as a follower so that means that there's going to be someone omitted yes well we went that's why we go through the extended bench to try and figure it out it might yeah, be so someone from it last week be. so those going early on sarong may just want to keep an eye out because you got the likes of blakely darcy um, and who else we got? We got Sturts kind of coming back in as well. So yeah, there's definitely the potential that Sarong doesn't even get a second game. Um, I don't. I still think they're going to give him a second one because he played well last week. But it's just interesting to keep an eye on because someone's going to be omitted, whoever that is. Well, if they're going to use him in a pressure forward role, then definitely one of these small forwards in like or third forwards between Matera, Schultz, and Sturt could go out easily and lose their spot permanently to Sarong. It is a possibility, but you just don't want him in that role. So he's not going to score well in that role. Yeah, so, don't, don't, don't forget that Bailey Banfield plays that, that role quite well as well. Like, he popped up in the preseason in one of the... the, the, the oh, I forget what it's called. Um, the, the preseason competition where he kicked, like, four goals as a pressure forward. So it's like <laughs> there, there's there's definitely the potential that um, he, he could be fulfilling one of those roles as well. So... Um, We've gone from a very, very confident four that I've picked to a very, very unconfident any of the eight could play. Have we? Yeah. I, we, we shouldn't have really read into this at all. <laughs> Look, Cheezo, I'm going to tr- slightly derail the conversation. I know it's uh, oh, more than it is. Gonna... Go for it, mate. This is what we're here for. This is what we're here for. Just take take it wherever it goes. I was going to bring up something later, but it's it's relevant right now. And people that are thinking, well, I don't really want to miss out on Hill, and I don't want to miss out on Sarong, so why didn't I downgrade How to Hill and then downgrade Fife to Sarong and do the double downgrade and you know bank like 700k in my war chest and use that to upgrade? Um, I think just big no, strong no. Don't do it to yourself. If you do that, think about it logically. You are then two primos down on the rest of the competition in a shortened season so you have less time to come back and if one of these rookies like Hibbard who potentially could be a really really good rookie if he gets mm. the right role that means next week you're going to probably want Hibbard so you can't do a double upgrade to catch up so you're going to be permanently a week behind everybody because 
Next week, you're probably going to get Hibbert and only do one upgrade. Other people are doing one down, one up. So you're still behind. And then the week after, you could maybe do two upgrades and someone might do a one down and one up. So you're going to end up being behind for not just one week. It might be multiple weeks you're behind. And money in the bank is points lost because they're not. it's money not on your field. And not just that, if you cop a single injury, what happens if, instead of how, what happens if Doherty... Um, you know, God forbid, gets injured. You've got to deal with that as well. And everyone's just sidewaysing him to another primo, and now you're still primos behind, and you just won't be able to catch up on the pack. And if you're always behind the rest of the pack and the amount of primos that you're able to put in your field, you, you don't have the firepower to move up the overall ranks, and you're just constantly behind. I think you put yourself at massive risk of just destroying your overall rank if you use this week to double downgrade. Well, it's yeah. It it and the worst thing about it, as you say, is the two premiums that you're losing from your scoring power. So you're going from saying ten premiums and you know ten rookies on field, and then suddenly you're going down to eight uh, eight premiums and twelve rookies. Like it, it it's just unrecoverable um, in the shortened season that we have. Um, you know, it, it's it's not really a, a cash generating process anyway in my eyes so um, I like that conversation. Pistol, Jake, uh, take us through the uh, next one: Melbourne and Richmond. So I guess for there's no confirmed outs for Melbourne, but everybody's eyes are on their extended bench because Trent Rivers is there, and that's going to be a tough call looking at their bench um, if he is going to be named or not be named. Obviously, after halftime, he kind of disappeared last week. So very first question I'm going to ask you, Chizo, does Trent Rivers keep his spot in the Melbourne side? I honestly think no. I, th- I think that he'll be in emergency this week. That is an ouch. Um, that's not. That's not what I wanted to hear, Chizo. Can tell, change it. Change your answer. <laughs> <laughs> change your attitude. Now, I, I honestly think that he just didn't provide them with enough last week to constitute being um, in that side this week. And I, I think we've seen that with a few Melbourne rookies over the time, where they'll have they'll come in, play one, maybe two games, and then that third or fourth game, they just you know, don't really shoot the lights out and then we end up seeing them go out for a few more weeks. And, you know, Rivers is still a young player. He's definitely got some some ars- uh, armoury in his uh, his arsenal in the, the, the way that he, he, he kicks the ball. So I like that, but he's got to bring more to the team and I think that he might spend some time on the sidelines as Melbourne kind of throw the magnets around to try and get their mojo back. Well, I'm going to be the positive one then and I'm going to say Rivers will keep his spot and he positive becomes... pistol. There we go. He, he's going to hold his spot, and he's going to score well this week against Richmond. Uh, that's my hot take. <laughs> out of completely nowhere. That's Start a dumpster fire by you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> On the Richmond side, their bench is super interesting. They've lost Asprey with an injury. Jack Ross has been omitted, as has Sydney Stack. They've put straight into the side. Noah Bolter is going to come in to replace Asprey. We know that already, but it's the other players that, they, that are on their ins that are interesting. We've got Rioli, Graham, Arts, Chol, Pickett, and Garthwaite. But it's Pickett that I'm interested about, Chizo, and I'm yelling it. Looking at that bench, I don't think we can possibly decide which two of Pickett, Rioli, and Graham are going to come to that side. Just potluck, isn't it? Well, we know that Liam Baker's going to play because Dimmer loves Liam Baker. Um, and Bolton's Rock. going to play, so we know that. So that's yeah, two. He's already named. He's already named on field. Um, 
It's two. It's two of the three of Pickett, Rioli, and Graham. That's that's the direct replacements of who's coming. I, I think Graham comes in for Ross, and I think Rioli comes in for Stack. I, I think Pickett <laughs> might miss again. Forever the optimist on this podcast, Cheeso. Ah. <laughs> well, positive pistol. We didn't have a hashtag for nothing. I actually, I also think Pickett's not going to play. No, oh, um, <laughs> you're breaking it. Um, yeah. Look, uh, maybe he will. Sure, you know what? I'm changing my answer. There um, we go. He's going to play this week. The positive vibes will continue. And he's going to score well. get him back in the side. And not just that, he's going to have that rocket fired up his bum and he's going to put out a good score this week. <laughs> so it's this, going to be a happy day this, this is match. This isn't a false promise in hope like JB <laughs> keeps giving me about Houston because I can't get rid of the dumpster fire that he's been. <laughs> This is this is uh, Pickett's going to be on my field. I'm going to have a lovely time. <laughs> Rivers is going to be on my field, and he's going to score well. And I'll it's say all going to go well for us. I'll say this: Rivers and Pickett, be very, very careful if you're using them to loophole, because there's every opportunity they do play, and you'll miss out on that loophole. If you're trying to to loop, say Tyler Brown or someone like that, um, and he scores well without Sidey in the team. You may lose that if one of those two loops that you're using is Pickett and Rivers Pistol. I think that's just important to mention. Yeah, I would. If there's any late outs, I think Rivers and Pickett are probably, if they don't make the squad, but they will, so it's fine. But if they didn't, they would probably be the next ones in the side. So I would definitely be a little bit careful, but, you know, they're both going to be on my field and scoring well, so not a big deal. (laughs) Anything else you want to touch on in this game, Cheezo? You want to take us through the last game of the round? Yeah, we've got Giants and the Hawks. Uh, lots of ins on either side for extended benches. Obviously, we've got Sam Taylor and Zach Williams on the Giants going out. So it's going to be interesting to see who they replace uh, him with. On the Hawks side of things, we've got Luke Bruce as the only injury. So it'll be interesting. Uh, this is this is one I'm not even really going to attempt who is going to be coming in for because it's not <laughs> super, super coach relevant in my eyes. Um, I, I'm just looking at all those uh, names that they've got on the Giants list uh, of ins with Daniel Lloyd, Jai Caldwell, Lockie Keefe, Matt Bunteen, Sam Jacobs, and Tommy Sheridan. It seems like there's a lot of experience that they've got there. It might be very easy to force out a rookie like Tom Green, even if he played well last week. Oh my gosh, imagine if after that performance, GWS just say, yeah, we're just doing our classic rookie thing, out goes Green, in, in comes Caldwell, and they just called it a day. It would be disappointing, that's for sure. It would be. And not I mean, for me, though, because I, I was forced to get rid of him the week before he came back. It's kind of the same, same thing with Sturt. I just want him to miss weeks so I feel better about myself. <laughs> yeah. that's Look, we've spoken about it plenty of times, but I don't know how anyone can have any faith in any of their GWS rookies. They're, they're just in and out. I mean, Lockie Ash seems to keep getting games, but he's not scoring super well in Supercoach, which is disappointing. People I see, Chizo, are trying to jump on Tom Green this week after his 94. He's already above 200k. I can see you physically shaking your head, um, but tell me. Tell me why. What's going through your mind? No, it's the same thing that I'm preaching every year. This is... 2020 is boring Chizo mode because I'm just known commodities... Scoring potential falls away uh, in in priority over job security. That's why I'm liking the looks uh, the likes of um, Stephen Hill over a Sarong. The same with Tom Green. Um, let's forget for the fact that I already had him and had to get rid of him um, to save from a donut. I still wouldn't be looking to get him in at his current price. Yes, he has the scoring potential, but 
he had that same scoring potential going into round one when he scored, or round two when he debuted and he scored 40. He still looked quite good that game. Like He wasn't, he wasn't a, a dumpster fire that game. He scored well on the weekend and he did a lot for the Giants to help him um, uh, close that game out. But job security is paramount for me this year and at elevated prices like that, without having the job security, I'm just not interested. All right, well, I just want to quickly point out because I, I definitely agree with you. Did you know that Ash dropped in price from his starting value? You're kidding. Oh, <laughs> actually, that, that, that's not hard to believe considering he was like 190 to start of the year. Yeah, he scored 39 and 25. So not, not the best Supercoach points start Ew. for him. Yeah, just not super pleasant, but I thought it was a fun fact to bring up on the podcast. Um, he's not the, the GWS defender that I'm interested in, though, Chizo. I want to talk to you about Aiden Kaur. Kick I was waiting for I was waiting for your reaction and, and got absolutely nothing. I wrote on my Twitter at the beginning of the week, Core is 330k. He has never been super coach relevant. And when I'm talking never, I'm saying this guy's, you know, averaged mid forties. Um just completely never had a good super coach game until this year, where he's actually put in back to back performances of tons, Cheeto. So first two in his career. His first two in his career and in back to back. <laughs> I just made rounds, that up. It could be a complete lie. I've got no idea. Well, it's too late now. It's on the podcast. <laughs> Look, 103 against Bulldogs, 102 against Collingwood. He he did play, I guess, a little bit better when Davis went off the ground, but Davis is still playing. The thing is, he started to take kickouts um, for GWS, which is really important. That's obviously not the only reason he started to score well. He's scoring well because he's genuinely improving and becoming a solid player for GWS. They need solid backmen. They've got a couple of players that are a little bit shaky in their backline, getting a little bit older as well and losing a little bit of their touch. I'm not going to name any names, but there's definitely uh, some elderly gentlemen in the uh, GWS backline. <laughs> but but Core is somebody who it's basically his time to step up. He you know, has the talent as being a you know, um, high draft pick and back-to-back tons at 330k. This is definitely not me saying he's going to maintain a 100-point average. This is like a wacky pistols punt type situation. Um, you know, I punted on Ridley at whatever, 320, whatever he started at, um, and that worked out. This is not one of those situations because Ridley actually looked like he had a very good role. Core's role is the same as it's been when he's been scoring badly. He's just become a better player. So if you are looking to take an absolutely crazy punt on a crazy player, this is the player that I would take it on. But in no means am I advocating to actually trade him in as like a strategy in upgrading your team. This is some. This is one for those people that just are having fun this season. Look, mate, I realize that you're getting, you know, pounded around this year, not ranked as high as what you usually do. Are you... A, what? Coming a, up four thousand. Exactly. You you're so far behind what you usually come. <laughs> is it necessary to try and, you know, burn other people's teams to the ground by recommending <laughs> people like Aiden Core? If he Look, stop if he stops taking kickouts, what then? He's gonna be averaging twelves again. <laughs> probably, probably. Look, Chizo, this year we've said there's a lot going on. I'm sure there's gonna be some fixture carnage announced tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Friday today. People might just be like, you know what? I'm just going to have fun with this season. 
Um, and this feels like one of those fun random picks, and then you can laugh about the time that you traded Hayden <laughs> Core into your side just for you know a little bit of happiness. This is definitely a pick that would <laughs> make me smile. Um, so I'm just putting it out there. We'll call it um, a pistol's punt or, or whatever you want to call it. I think I think M called it pistol's punt in our Slack chat. So um, we'll we'll go with that for now because I can't think of something better on the spot. <laughs> All right. Well, this leads me into something that was going to be the last topic on the podcast anyway. And that is in a season where we're finding it so hard to generate cash and you know begin upgrading our sides, we're looking at value, aren't we? We're looking to make value plays. We're looking at picking the Ridleys, the Simpkins. They look like that they're going to um, generate cash or become premiums for them. And Aiden Core, I would fit in that bracket. <laughs> but there is the potential to lose your way in doing this and jump on perceived value when in actuality it's just a value trap? So that's a great question. I think we've, I've got an example. We're going to talk about Jack Rewalt. I think we need to have the Jack Rewalt discussion. Um, for those that are unaware, uh, Jack Rewalt's priced this year. He's coming in extraordinarily cheap. He is... I actually just closed the page accidentally. I think it's 269,000 off the top of my head. Yep, 269,000. <laughs> top of your head. <laughs> well, that, that I, the thing is, I actually know that is the loaded. top of your head. <laughs> 269,100. I'll, 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 I'll give you a gimme on the $100 you missed, mate. So his scores this year have been 74, which is fine. 18, <laughs> 18 14, 57. I'm seeing a lot a lot online everywhere. Jack Rewald did this last year. He dropped to like 280k and then he averaged 100 plus on the run home and he saved my season and he was an amazing F7. And I'm like, yeah, he totally did. But also, right now, it's a slightly different scoring system. What's well, similar scoring system, but it's different conditions that the game is being played in. There's carnage everywhere with fixtures and all that. Richmond are not in particularly strong form. He's a year older and it's showing and his scores are not very good. Last year, he put in some decent scores before he got injured. This year, he's put in an 18 and a 14. An 18 and a He scored 32 points across <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> I, get, I get why he's low priced and it's because he's been scoring really badly and this... This doesn't feel like a player where I'm like, this will be a fun risk. This seems like I'm going to pick him up for Branda. He's going to sit at my F6 and score me 22 points. I'm going to be like, what the hell have I done? (laughs) And that's not a good week. I mean, you're right in saying that Richmond don't have form. They do have form, but it's like unset aeroplane jelly. It's it's not really anything of note. In this season, they really are reliant on goals to help generate those points. And it seems funny to say that, um, considering he's a goal-kicking forward, but they just don't have the extra time where they might scoot up the ground and get a contested mark or something like that that would help out. The the, 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 the Richmond, you know, just scrum it forward as much as he can and kick it on the boot just isn't working in his favour this year. And, you know, I, I think that anyone considering getting getting on him, you know, is just trying to catch a falling knife. Falling knife, I like that one. I think, look, I mean, I can kind of see it if next week there's no carnage whatsoever and you have only one rookie option to get and it's Hibbard and you're like, well, I've got another trade. What am I going to do with it? And you just 
have trades to burn and you want to use it, fine. I, like I get it. But if there is anything that's a better option, which are will be many things, then that's what I would be doing with my trades. And it, I wouldn't be using one right now on, on Jack Rewald. If there's somebody that I would get that's completely tanking in price, Chizo, I think that would be Elliot Yo. He's in the midfield. As I said, the midfield is so shaky at the moment. It looks like Primo's left, right, and center are just having an off game, a poor game. At least Elliot Yo's role looks solid in the West Coast midfield. It's just West Coast are playing really poorly. Elliot Yo has also given away 12 free kicks this year and only had one free. So, you know, he might be a little bit hampered by his shoulder injury and maybe, you know, some things are a little bit off. Maybe he might be a tick slower or whatever it is. I've got more faith that Elliot Yo can turn it around, particularly in a WA hub where he averages, you know, 105 at the Perth Stadium. And I can try and pick him up at, you know, mid 400 and something K. I feel much better about that than taking a super uber cheap punt um, and having Rewalt at F6 or F7. I'd much prefer taking a punt on Elliot Yo for an M8. Um, and I guess hopefully that answers the questions between, you know, perceived value and value that is value. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, do, do you have any perceived value traps that um, players are thinking about, uh, you know, getting on that you're seeing around the woodworks that you, you would advise against? Well, I mean, wasn't that Rewalt? <laughs> I mean, they, they, there's no one else that's kind of jumping off the page. I, I, there's a lot of players that are kind of dropping in price this year. and Everyone and their, their, their dog is trying to get on these um, perceived value players, but you know they're dropping in price for a reason. So if, if I was looking for value, right, I'd be looking at Danger, who's got the right role. Yes, he's only averaging 100 this year, and he's down 66K, but I'm looking at that and, you know, as an outsider, I'd be licking my lips going, I can't wait to pick up Danger for less than 600. Yep. Yep. No, I'm with you on that one. I, I can't see anyone else off the top of my head that's dropped enough where people might be picking up. I think what's going to happen is the next player that might get there is uh, Connor Rosey. I think he's had two poor games in a row and people might think, oh, you beauty, he's around 400k. I might grab him, but I, I don't see him being anywhere near a top six defender this year. He's going to be brilliant in wins, but JB said straight away, I'd love to see him score well in a loss. And Porter Good, and they're winning matches, and that's great, and he's still not scoring super well. He's scoring decently, but in those losses or tight games or whatever, you know, he's he's got the potential to score 30, 40, or 50, and for me, that's just not good enough for a forward at the moment. Especially at the price he's at. I, I guess the only other, um, you know, He's not really a value trap, but he's definitely value that you need to, you know, just kind of temper your expectations. He's averaging 89.3 this year. It's pretty good. He's down 10K, so you can get him for a little bit cheaper. And he's got a good run coming up, Pistol. It's Tom Hawkins coming, <laughs> oh coming off a of 94. Is he, oh what kind no. of the value, value trap side are you putting him in? Is he someone to stick away from or someone Dead you maybe want to pick up? <laughs> All right, there is one last thing I want to say, and that's the DeBoer tag this week. Um, people are considering in the same vein as, you know, the Bontempelli's and the Dangerfields, um, Tom Mitchell. Um, I see that as being floated as an option, and I love the Tom Mitchell pick. His bad games are still good, kind of like McRae, where his bad games, he still scores 90, and his good games are very good. You haven't owned um, him this year. He scores trash this year. McRae. He's been fine. Oh, McRae. Been yeah, fine. Yeah. Oh. Look, look. It, it could be worse. But anyway, Tom Mitchell, I think, is safer than both of those options, and I would still get him. 
My gut feel is that De Boer will go to Jaeger and Mira. Um, just with the form that he's in, it's undeniably, you know, match-winning form. I think he is somebody that could take it. Um, I don't think it will go to Wingard because Wingard might just get pushed more forward um, and that might expose the ball. So I think it will be Jaeger. It might be a bit of positive pistol coming out in saying that. Obviously, he's a Tichona, but my, my gut feel is Jaeger. Chizo, very... I know I just said last thing, but there was another thing and I just remembered while looking at the team sheet. No. Named at the half-forward is James Sicily for Hawthorne. What? He is not named in the back line. Oh, my But God. Gunston is named in the back line. Oh, he's done it is again. Is this Clarko just oh. playing some mind games no, on GWS? Oh, I guarantee. Or is he no. actively playing Sicily in the forward line and Gunston in the back line? I hate Clarko. Like, he's like... He's like a discount Bevo. A Bevo is probably where he'd learn it from, actually, as a as a, a Clarko disciple. But they just <laughs> for no apparent Sicily has started playing some really good footy in the last fortnight, and Clarko's gone. You know what? You know what? This we're going to do this week. Let's swap him around. Let's just do the old switcheroo and send him up forward. And you know, because Gunston's been only hard. He had that six week block about five years ago where he scored like 120 or something like that. Um, but I just. Does my head in, mate? Does my head in? If he, if he so, like would you it. bring in Sicily this week? Because I see him being brought in by a lot of people for how as a, as a how replacement. Yeah, no, I, I honestly having having seen that that scares me off because I I know that Clarko would just do that. Like he he would just go yep straight up. Let's swap them around. Let's do it. I I, I still think I'd be looking elsewhere. That 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 that's, that that's enough to put me off pistol. That's enough yeah, to do it. I, I don't I don't really take these team sheets too seriously. The only thing I look at is who's on the extended interchange and who's on the field. Um, but I wasn't picking Sicily because of the potential of this happening. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't believe that it's going to happen. It's just enough that there's other options that are scoring the same as him. So I'd rather take those options. And you've got to remember, this is something that we knew when we brought him in 18 months ago, you know, you know, last year he played 17 rounds in a row in the defense and then he, he, he got swung up forward. And that was something that we should have known about. You know, that got, that got me blocked from a lot of people's Twitters that day when he, he started <laughs> playing forward because we should have known about it. We should have known that he'd roll would change after six months in the yeah. AFL. So um, it, it's, it's something that happens with Sicily from time to time. I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. I still think he's going to be a good selection over the course of the season. Um but yeah, this this is just going to prove that Clarko does Clarko things. <laughs> Clarko does Clarko things. You heard it here first. Chizo, this is running uh, a little bit long for a Thursday podcast. Yeah, captaincy. Let's do it. I think we're going to go through captaincies. VC. Uh, who have you got your eyes on this week for your your VC? Tell, tell me your, your top top two VC options. Uh, so the obvious VCs for moi is Grundy against uh, No Ruckman. The 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 four. Essendon midfielders versus Grundy uh, is definitely a VC. I don't think that you're going to need to worry about getting a C. Honestly, he could just go 200+. plus. Um, and then if I was looking for another VC, I like the, 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 the danger field selection on the Saturday afternoon against the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's super hard to say anything <laughs> else outside of Grundy as VC. He's got a four-round average of 140 against the Bombers, and this time they don't have Bell Chambers. 
So that's a little bit scary. I, I guess you what, could VC Neil as well if you if you wanted to do that on the Saturday night and go into a captaincy on the Sunday. Totally, and and you know Bontempelli has a massive record against North Melbourne as well. So that's that's another option um, for those people that want to do that. I just I wouldn't take any of those options over Grundy. Like I don't see I don't see two options being better than than Grundy this week. So yeah. VC Grundy lock that in captaincy though. Who are you looking at? Tell me, tell, tell me what's going on in, in the Chizo land. Well, the obvious choice is Gorn on the Sunday afternoon, particularly if you've had the likes of Collingwood, Geelong, or even Western Bulldogs in Brisbane to, to VC. Um, and I think it's going to be a sneaky option. If we're going to talk about your tag going from DeBoer to Jaeger O'Meara, that obviously leaves Titch Free, who's got over that slow month that a lot of us predicted he would have. And last week was the Titch of old. I think that we might see a lot more of that as the season progresses and he'd be another C option if he don't have Gorn. So Gorn's last four matches against Richmond, I did say this on the on the Fox Sports News, but it's 145, 134, 151, 160, a four-round average against Richmond of 147.5, which is enormous. I cannot see past that. Obviously, Lockie Neal is averaging 160 this season, but Port are much better than they have ever been before. Well, I mean, not ever before. But, you know, <laughs> They've never in, been in recent good. years. <laughs> in recent years, Port Adelaide are going to put up a, a big fight, um, and I, I think it's a little safer going gone. So Grundy into gone. Very boring for me this week. Some other people, I guess... Goldstein's another you could one as a VC. Oh, damn, you, you took took it right. Sorry, out mate. If you don't have them, all right. I'll go Goldstein ahead. Who would you suggest? English. Who would you suggest there, mate? Sorry, to Goldstein's current form yeah. <laughs> against Team English is somebody that I would heavily consider. Um, that that would be, you know, it's basically the week of the Ruckman. If you've got Primo Ruckman, they're the ones you're taking. Otherwise, you said it before. If Titch doesn't get the DeBoer tag, he did score 181 against GWS in 2018. Um, so. Fingers crossed he can go very large again. Yeah, liking it. And uh, that pretty much wraps up the podcast for this Thursday, the pre-round five uh, lockout game. Uh, I guess Carlton and St Kilda have already played, so hopefully our players have scored well for us there. Pistol, it's been fantastic to have you. Why don't you take us through the Twitters where they can find us? Before we do that, Chizo, one last thing. always one more thing. It's always one more thing with me. This week, there is a little bit of, we'll call it rookie carnage. If you did cop the Noble and you cop the Brander and you might be struggling with How and Fife and you've got these trade options, if you do cop a donut, as always, we are running the Cancer Councils. Donate for Donuts. We will put a link up in the description or comment on Facebook with the link where you can donate. Hashtag Donate for Donuts. Um, we've run it every year. If you cop a donut, you just pledge a certain amount, whether it's $1, $2 per donut. Some people do $20, $30 per donut. And throughout the season, whenever you cop a donut, you just donate that amount. It'd be fantastic to get more people on board, particularly because we don't have buys this season, where usually during the buys, there's a couple more donuts going around so we can raise um, quite a bit of money during those rounds. We don't have that this year. So any opportunity that there's some carnage like this week, um, if you do cop a donut, please consider donating to the Cancer Council. And uh, yeah, hashtag donate for donuts. Very good, my friend. Thanks for having us on. Um, I'll go through the Twitters. If you want to find the main page, it's Dr underscore SC. Pistol 
underscore DRSC for pistol. Myself, Cheezo with a Z underscore DRSC and JB. If you want to follow him, you could probably find his Twitter somewhere. I'm not going to link it because he didn't bother coming on the pod today. Uh, thanks for listening, community. It's getting a little bit late, so we're going to head off. Hope you've been able to manage your way through the carnage and that you're finding yourself on the other side with some positive pistol vibes going into round five. (laughs) That's going to be a thing. Positive pistol vibes in 2020. Hope you're well. We'll see you next week.